Hello, welcome to Registered Voters Only. This is episode two of the weekly podcast. I'm Christian. And I'm John. All right, we got a great episode today. I mean, I believe trade wars are good and easy to win. I also agree that trade wars are good and that we should, um, you know, put the rest of the world on their knees. So, uh, uh, For real, though, I actually don't think tariffs are good. I actually think they're retarded. I think Donald Trump is stupid for doing them. But it's very hilarious how it's currently playing out. Yeah, because our economy is doing great. And I can't say the same necessarily for other economies. So, Right. So the trade war has begun. I believe uh, two nights ago at like midnight, Trump put the tariffs on China into effect. Currently, it is 36, somewhere in that range, $36 billion worth of tariffs. And what that means is like you'll hear these numbers like $36 billion worth of tariffs or $500 billion worth of tariffs. What that is is it's a tax on... 30 billion dollars worth of stuff moving to uh to china so it's not that trump is collecting 36 billion dollars in taxes it's that he's placing a tax on 36 billion dollars worth of stuff yep so that started and then china basically said you know we're not going to fire the first shot we're going to wait until Trump does it. Trump does it. So then they're going to go ahead and put what looks to be strategically targeted tariffs on um, agricultural products moving um, that they buy from us. Yeah. I mean, looking um, through the through the tariffs, it's basically just it's almost all food, tobacco and just like, you know, a few car related. So basically things, so. things that are produced in places that voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. And that seems to be strategic. Uh, Xi Jinping is emperor of China for life. Oh, yeah, and that's right. Donald Trump is a president with term limits. And so Xi Jinping thinks he can hurt him in, in the re-election. But what is funny is that everyone was expecting the tariffs to go into effect and then the markets to react red, right? What happens is the, very, the, the morning when markets open, markets opened, ended green. They ended the day green. Uh, for the U.S. And it may have been strategic on Trump's part, but a really good jobs report came out uh, along with the tariffs, uh, which may have helped. It showed basically the strength of the American economy right now, which is seeing a, a great run. We've had like 11 straight months of manufacturer jobs added. We have increased labor participation, which is keeping inflation down. Because if you have more people getting into the workforce, even if you're creating a huge number of jobs, it's going to keep wages kind of level, which is what we're seeing uh, since there's more competition in the marketplace, which is good news for the stock market. So uh, <clears throat> we're winning the trade war. And, you, you know, don't don't let don't let other podcasts tell you that trade wars can't be won. You know, everyone will always say that trade wars, you know, they're, they're bad for everybody because uh, you're, you're trading goods that you you both need. But um, look, we're winning. Look, this podcast is not unified on this. I actually <laughs> believe, I actually believe that tariffs in the end are a tax on the citizens of the people, right? Like Trump is taxing stuff coming in from China and, you know, Chinese businesses are not going to pay that tax. They're going to pass the cost on to their customers, which means the average cost of things at Walmart now are going to be higher. 
But uh, to be to be honest, that's kind of an exaggeration. The tariffs are on things like higher tech goods, um, things that kind of industries that Trump would want to protect here in the U.S. Yeah, a lot of it seems like uh, things that you would expect to be largely related to like military type stuff. Um, and there's a reason for that. Trump has to build a legal justification because technically the power of tariff does not lie in the hands of the president constitutionally. Right. And uh, it's supposed to go to the legislature, to, you know, but it's supposed to go to the legislature, which I think is going to end up being an, etern- an eternal debate on this podcast. Yeah. About the fact that uh, we don't need a legislature, obviously. Um, it's, I think we do need the legislature to step up and remember its constitutional role and powers and grab them again. No, nah, I, don't, I don't think there's any way to incentivize a legislature to, to take those powers. Regardless, that's, a, that's another that's topic another for another time. Yeah, Trump, has to, Trump has to maintain the justification that these tariffs are to protect militarily important industries. So that's why a lot of the tariffs you see are often on like aluminum or steel. It's like America needs to maintain an industry that can produce its own steel in case we go to war against certain countries. So that's like how Trump is doing it. Xi Jinping can do whatever he wants because he's a dictator. He, he, <laughs> he, he's a functional dictator, yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of these tariffs are, yeah, they're, I mean, they're sensible. Like, I, I totally get, there is absolutely, like, military justification. I mean, one of the things on this list is nuclear reactors, right? That's, okay. that, that, there's, there's absolutely, yeah, there's justification there. Um, but regardless, moving away from free trade and like, I think sanctions and tariffs and things of that nature are good to use in a diplomatic sense on actors that are violating human rights or something like that. And if you wanted to attack China on that metric, I think it would be better, right? Because there are, there are a lot of justifications for that, but Trump's not taking that route. He's saying that China is beating us on trade just because we have a quote unquote trade deficit with them. And it's like, if I, if I, it's, we don't have a trade deficit, we give them money, paper money, and we get goods in return. That's not a trade deficit, that's just trade. Or there's not a bad thing about that trade deficit. I mean, it, but it's a trade deficit, but a trade... It is, it is a deficit, a, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not to say that trade deficits are bad. I'm not really sure where this narrative actually came from. Like, we didn't talk about this earlier, but where, where did this whole, like, trade deficits are bad thing come from? I, I actually, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I, sure. I 100% um, have no idea... <laughs> Who it's came like, up? It's like a number. It's a number that the government likes to put out, right? Yeah. It basically says like we import X amount of things, and we it actually figures into the GDP, right? It says that we import X amount of thing, X dollar of things, and we export X dollar of things. If you take your exports minus your imports, that number is currently negative for America because we import more than we export. And then you add that negative number to the GDP, so it looks like a drag on growth. Yeah, but... So uh, I think that's where that narrative came from. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but to, like, slightly simplify it, is, uh... So we're saying that it's a drag on on, on our GDP GDP to give them paper worthless paper currency in exchange for glorious 
goods like I've, steel I've, 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 and food. I have heard this argument before, and it's it's good, right? Like we produce worthless paper that is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. <laughs> we give that to China, and in return, they give us nuclear reactors, right? Okay. And like, that seems like a good deal. It seems like like we got the best into that bargain, but. Conversely, in order for that to work, China has to be able to turn around and spend that paper on land and equities here in America. Oh, okay. Right? And so, like, there is, like, a narrative that you can draw that says, like, we are kind of, like, by not producing our own stuff, we are... Uh, Selling our country. Away our future. Exactly. To foreign you could nationals. say that. Okay. You could... Yes. Okay. But... The government holds a lot of power over what they can do with foreign national accounts based on if you are um, breaking some sort of sanction or international agreement or something like that. Yeah. Uh, as you can see with a lot of the Russian accounts right now that end up getting frozen. Okay. So, um, so there's a lot of but we but America does not have a history. We'll freeze people accounts who are under investigation, but we do not have a history of seizing their assets. Right. Even uh, even Saudi Arabia uh, during the whole nine eleven thing, we never. I don't believe we ever. We froze a lot of accounts, but we never seized assets because we are. We don't see ourselves as a communist country that would seize assets like that for the state. Even even if they're assets of non citizens. Is, is right. Okay. All right. But anyway, so that's kind of. I think that's the narrative around why trade deficits are bad. I still don't really see it. Uh, the U.S. is moving more to like a service economy. We do. I mean, me personally, I work in um, in engineering services, right? And I will go to other countries and export my services to that country. Uh, that doesn't get captured very well in the trade deficit uh, narrative, right? We also own like the global financial services. I mean, there's some of it. There's a lot of it in London, but like we own the world's financial system uh that's like a huge thing that can't be understated i think and i just i I believe that the way we calculate gdp is probably a flawed measure yeah i mean it's a it's a cool which 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 is why which is why we compare growth numbers so that we can compare flawed measure to flawed measure and then see a direction right yeah um so you know there's a lot of like fud that gets passed around on this sort of thing. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say on on trade wars? Um, no, but it it makes me feel good that we don't seize assets, but at any moment we could. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. It's it it makes me it gives me the warm fuzzies, and I can sleep well at night. So okay. Yeah. Um, I. I do want to like use the trade wars to like move into like another issue. And it's like, I, I, we touched on it a little bit earlier was that these companies are not going to, China's not eating it, you know, and we're not going to eat the cost of the tariffs that China's placing on us. Chinese citizens are going to eat the cost of the tariffs that China places on us. And U S citizens are going to eat the cost of tariffs that the U S places on China. By nature, this is what happens even in our tax code. And this kind of rolls into this issue I want to talk about with the tax code. I know the tax Trump's tax bill is old news, but I think it has a lot to do with what's happening right now. Um, and just to start, I just want to like say I think Trump, no matter how 
kind of stupid he can prove himself to be, he's probably one of the luckiest men in existence. Yeah, uh, you know, if you think it's luck, that's I mean that's one thing, but it's just very <laughs> carefully crafted skill over a long period of time. For the interdimensional underwater basket weaving. That's cast. right, of course. Right. Well, either way, his tax bill is actually, I think, one of his best things. And the reason it's one of his best things is because he didn't craft it. I think the Heritage Foundation crafted his tax bill. Right, which is what they do for all Republican bills, really, anymore. I mean, what do you expect the all legislature right. to write their own law? Come on, that that's oh. that's expecting them to do their constitutional duty. Let's get real here, all right? Okay. Okay, all, all right. right. Well, regardless, I think... Um, the tax bill was actually good, and it's not because it lowered income taxes on people, which is probably a good thing, but it's because it drastically reduced the corporate corporate income tax. The bad part about it was that it didn't collect it somewhere else, right? And I th- I want to fundamentally like lay down that I think corporate income taxes should probably be zero percent. And um, I actually kind of agree yeah. with you there. Uh, that that there 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 is an argument. That to be made, and yeah, right. And so this ar- this argument says that like money is money that corporations collect just inherently are going to get dispersed to shareholders, uh, salaries, investment. It's already being taxed at those points. In the case of buying things, it's at sales tax. In the case of salaries, it's at income tax. It's already collected. In the case of uh, shareholders, it's collected at dividends and capital gains tax. So you're essentially taxing it twice. Also, corporations have way more power to do tax dodgy things uh, than individuals do. I'm not saying individuals don't have that power, but it's way less likely to happen at the individual level than it is at the corporate level. So it's way easier to try to collect it past the corporate collection point. Um, this is kind of the reason why Apple has such a historically huge war chest, right? They're offshoring money in Ireland, which has favorable corporate tax rates, and then just leaving it there because if they brought it into the U.S., it would have been taxed at a 30%, which is high for how much money Apple has. Trump lowered the corporate income tax to a competitive rate with other countries, and now you see the reason why markets open green despite... Uh, the trade war going on, which is going to have a negative effect. The longer the trade war goes wrong, goes on, I believe it's it's going to have a negative effect eventually. I mean, so here's the thing with the trade war, right? Is that at okay. the end of the day, it's a war. Okay. Now, it's going to cost us and China, right, a little bit. But is it going to cost us more than a hot war? Probably. Uh, probably not, I mean... <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Let's go with probably not. Although, you know what, now thinking yeah. about it, maybe a hot war is less expensive, but no, 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 that, that's a joke. No, um, there's no way. Yeah, no, there's no way. So, and and these days, starting a real, proper, legislatively, um, you know, defined war is mm-hmm. not possible between uh, okay. two major countries because the legislature will never uh, do something like that. Uh, it would require some amount of effort for one thing and the other thing is that uh we would probably all die um because of you know nuclear fallout so trade war um i think is a good way to get around the whole ending the world while still 
hurting other countries, which is kind of the whole point of a war, sort of. Yes, okay. I, okay. I, I, and, and, yeah. All right, so that's a case for why trade wars could be good. And I think that like dovetails in with like what I was saying about if you want to place sanctions or tariffs on a country for reasons of human rights abuse or something like that, I think that's a more justifiable reason than we have a trade deficit. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're right, uh, because yeah, the, the the trade deficit, like we said, is sort of a you know not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's just it's just right. the excuse. But but what these tariffs amount to is is a tax, and it it would be somewhat funny to see Trump drastically lowers the amount of tax we collect by reducing the corporate income tax rate, and then starts implementing these tariffs. It would be pretty hilarious to see. If we if we hit like deficit neutral in the end because of the increased uh, repatriation of corporate wealth, which will stimulate is stimulating the economy right now. Most of the money going into the stock market right now is share buybacks. Companies are taking the money that they can now repatriate at lower rates, buying back their shares, which increases the level of money that the shareholders have and stimulates the economy to some degree. Yeah. So. In a sense, his tax plan is working. Really? Uh, I think you're right, actually. And, you know, that was a really good explanation about why it's working. But I also think that Donald Trump should uh, try to push the envelope a little bit and do something utterly insane like uh, tax more goods with even more dubious reasoning and... uh, you know, more dubious legal reasoning. You know, because right now it's taxing a lot of uh, military hardware type stuff, right? Okay. We should right. just start taxing everything at insane rates, just put massive tariffs on them. Because uh, Donald Trump is incredibly lucky, like you said, and even though it would be a terrible move, maybe we can capitalize on that luck and the economy will boom even further. Okay. So the stated position of this podcast is that luck is a quantifiable physical property that uh, we could capitalize that, that's on. That's the position I'm taking. Because if you if you think about it, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But if you take Trump's track record, you start to see it's less crazy. Uh, he, uh, he he maybe. he has he has a lucky streak here or there. So okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think you know now would be a good time. We could take the remainder of this podcast to discuss what I think should become the the stated policy position on taxes of this podcast. Okay. Uh, all right. Or, or do we want to do we want to hash this out? Let's, I think you're, you'll agree. All with right. Me. All right. We'll hash it out. We'll, we'll go. Okay. Since it's since trade wars are inherently a tax um, topic, this is a good good place to do it. I, th- I think we should have a tax system that has a 0% corporate income tax rate and a 0% income tax rate. So mm, I would say the majority of Americans would be paying near no tax, right? Pretty close, yeah. At that, at that point. And the reason why, it may, it may sound crazy, and it probably is a politically indefensible position, um, Taxing corporations is a political winner because no one's a corporation, right? And it feels good to tax these big, powerful things. It does. It feels great to just, just you know, go and uh, give give the voting middle finger 
to massive nameless right. ghosts that make tons of money. But corporations, in order to make those tons of money, have to do productive things. People in the system have to do productive things to get an income, right? By taxing those at levels in the highest point of up to like 40%, 50% sometimes, is creating a drag on our economy. It's creating disincentive for productive things, right? Like we shouldn't view tax as a way to, it inherently is a way to collect revenue, but its greater purpose is to structure our economy and our country in a way that's maximally beneficial to economic growth. That's like my theory of it. In order to justify these 0% corporate income tax and a 0% income tax, you would have to collect it on the other side. And I say that you want to collect it on things that you want to discourage in your economy. And I would say you would do it on uh, rent what I would call rent-seeking activities, right? So you would, you would increase taxes pretty heavily on collecting dividend checks from the stock market you would increase it pretty heavily on capital gains. So realizing um, a stock price that has gone up, you know, if you own AT&T and it's $10 a share and then it jumps up to $500 a share, you sell it and you're taxed on that amount, drastically increasing it. Right now it's set at 10%. Most of the wealth in the country is created in capital gains and that's a pretty... Uh, that's where a lot of the inequality comes from. So if we heavily tax that, we would force people to see that doing productive work is the tax beneficial way to earn money. Okay. But you're, right. you're talking about then separating dividends from, from income. So we're, we're re redefining yeah. dividends as not being income because you're right. talking about... Cur currently they are you're, income. Because you're talking about getting rid of the income tax then completely. Uh, right. And then moving dividends into a special class. The reason I would want to move dividends into that class is because at the end of the day, it's you you put in money into the stock market and then you do nothing and you get a solid check every month or quarter or whatever. It's It's a rent-seeking activity. There's no productive work and you can just live off that. It's kind of the same as living off welfare, right? It's dead weight loss to the economy. Yeah, except this is, this is the rich people version. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, you don't want to... I, I can see how it might reduce investment, but people are always going to look for ways to make money, right? Yeah. So there will be venture capital, or there's, there will still be investment, I believe. Actually, and I think you would have to pair it with... It would take a radical restructure of the way we do taxes because right now we leave up property tax to to all the different states right <clears throat> and i think across the country we would benefit from moving away from property tax and making up some of the downfall of getting rid of corporate and income tax um, instead making it up with land use taxes and i really like talking about land use taxes um Land use tax is different than a property tax. A property tax inherently goes up with the value of your property, which means you don't have a huge incentive. If you own a lot of rental homes, you don't have a huge incentive to improve them and make them bigger or make them hold more people, uh, maybe build up. 
because it's going to increase the value of your land, which would increase your property tax. Also, inherently, rents kind of just tend to go up in this country. So you can just sit back, let your rents go up naturally, and you're, you're good, right? Yeah. A land use tax would say you pay the government a tax for using this land. That tax doesn't change um, based on the value of your land. Instead, you would pay a less percentage of your total wealth if you developed the land and made it made it hold more people or be more productive or something. So you would turn what what is like the classic rent seeking, which is literally having rental properties right and you would turn it into a productive activity which would encourage people to build up and stuff and there is example around the globe of people using this it's um in tokyo this is where they use it and that's why their cities in japan are uh very tight they have tons of housing inventory the rents in tokyo are the lowest of any of its peers it uh, like peers being London, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, New York City, the rents are very affordable. So, one one of my thoughts though with the land use tax is that does it does it kind of like de incentivize like small business and just kind of like suburban culture in general? Because if you're talking yes. about, you're, it's kind of like a flat property tax, right? So right, that's that's correct. So, so it does de-incentivize suburban culture. So, and and that there's there's a question there is like, I kind of I kind of like the suburbs, you know, like my my open well, skies, that's just it. And, you know. I believe suburbs still exist in Japan, right? It's just very wealthy people live away from the city, right? Yeah. So like that sort of lifestyle, the, any if you're rich enough. You can have any lifestyle you want. That's true. Right? And it's like, is it tenable right now to have every American have a suburb life? And if you live in California, the answer is very clearly no. It's not tenable. And their their property tax is like the exact opposite, where you buy a property in San Francisco, the tax never changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tax will literally never change. So... Your property goes up and up and you have an incentive to make sure they don't build housing or more housing inventory so that your values go up. Your tax just stays the same until you move. Once you move, then, you know, but no one has an incentive to move. No one has an incentive to build up. Nothing. No. They they have an incentive to to watch their property value skyrocket and not, right. not catch and then, anything. And then there. petition the government to put zoning laws that reduce the ability to build more housing inventory. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Do you think that hmm. a switch from par- property tax to land use tax and uh, should should be a federal level thing or should it be a state level thing? Like here in the US. You see, I, I right. So I have just started thinking about this because I've, I've always felt that the land use tax is superior. But I, I'm not sure how it would be implemented in the US. Just based off our off of our federalist system i think it needs to be federal uh in order for it to work uh across you know the entire country and really get the maximal uh, economy growth right like which is i believe the whole point of a tax system to de-incentivize bad behavior incentivize good behavior for maximal economic growth um 
But you would have to, if you're going to do it from the federal government, you would almost have to do it, say, like, you know, okay, well, California, if you don't move to a land use tax across your state, we'll have to withhold, like, road funding, which is, like, the classic way the government does it. Right. It's just withhold funding from any number of different departments. Right. Programs. Yeah, program. I guess for California, <laughs> it would be, like, Medicaid or Medicare. Oh, or yeah. Just one, one of those. Some, some federal money. Yep income yeah and like that's that's the easy way there might be a more elegant way of doing it but i can't really i mean i mean cutting if that if that works why not cutting off the money supply from the federal government is the most elegant way to encourage a state to do something (laughs) because it gives the state it still gives the state some agency they can be like no federal government i don't want your hundreds of millions of dollars um well, I mean, that's what Louisiana did, right? With the raising the drinking age, I mean, they didn't want to raise the drinking age. That's what a lot age. of states did with uh, Medicaid funding. Um, oh, yeah, they turned that away. Texas was one Texas of them. Texas is one right. of them, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, so that's, I, I believe, like, that holistically, 0% corporate tax, 0% income tax, raise the capital gains tax, move dividends into its own class, raise that, and then institute land use taxes would be a way to really i mean i believe that you could really skyrocket the economy doing that way it's like giving it jet fuel i agree uh it's cool sort of you know with 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 minor reservations i i think i disagree about the federal um the federal level thing i think that it it would be okay Mm. to implement it at the state level um, you, you'd end up in a situation with, like, quote-unquote, rich suburb states and, like, I guess, uh, productive, hyper-industrial, poor people states. But that's really just what you'd end I up mean, with. But, like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be poor. Like, they wouldn't have a bad quality of life. Their rents would be super low, right? There would be plenty of housing inventory. Like, the, the, the cost of living would be drastically reduced. You could do so much more with less. You'd have to live in a giant city, though, and I, I don't like that personally. So that's a right. But I mean, millions upon millions of people live in Tokyo and are perfectly happy with it. Okay, it's it's up to personal choice. Right, it, course, it is a personal choice. But, thing, yeah, and I I wouldn't necessarily but, go to Japan as like the the uh, the city on a hill for um you know good culture per se. Uh, well, they're not they're not impl- implementing a hundred percent. They've got one point of the multi-point RVO tax plan. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. You know, fair enough. So, anyways, that's what I think is is the way to go. And of course, you would have to work out all the numbers to make sure it, you know, you do collect enough in order to fund the government. Right. And but I but I, I see the the difference is I believe that that is a secondary objective of taxes. Yeah. I mean, the thing is. The second, so you're you you're starting to think like about like the the costs here, right? The second that you implement that land use tax, you do have to set like a baseline. So so right. it's gonna the baseline and everything that's not every single property that can't make that that baseline tax, like can't pay that baseline tax, is gone overnight. Like every small yeah. business that has like some initial thing, it's gone. Like forever. I mean, you 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 might if you're if you're gonna leave it leave it up to the states. I could see a point where like each state you know has a county. Maybe they divide up the county even, and like they draw up lines and say, okay, here's the here's the line 
in this place. Here's the line in this place. Here's the line in this place, and you can you can do it that way. See, I I kind of um, like that way. That I kind of like the idea of 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 in. Okay, so making it like a zoning thing, like you right. This area is regular property tax as it is. Uh, I don't know if I want to go that far uh, because if you start making it a zoning why, why thing, you, what, you what, fall prey. What would be wrong you with fall, that? Okay. You move to a zoning thing and you start falling prey to like regulatory capture all over again where people start like manipulating it to like protect their neighborhood or protect certain things. And then you start getting skyrocketing rents until eventually you just have a massive homeless whoa, problem. In San whoa, 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 again. whoa, whoa. We're not going to run into that kind of problem because we have a democratic government where we can elect representative individuals to our legislature so that the will of the people here, is enforced again. and the legislature will never go against the will of their constituents they will definitely draw the lines appropriately as needed according to the will of the people because the legislature definitely does their job all the time okay yeah yeah it'll be fine it works because we're a democracy on that note on that note this has been RVO. It's, it's it's a quicker episode. It's a, it's a dense. I feel like this was a dense. It, it was dense. You, you might, I might have to go back and listen to this a couple times because. Uh, oh, actually, before we close, we should definitely talk about your immigration article. Oh, right. I thought I thought that article was choice. Oh, I, hits on all the pathologies of America. Yeah, I, very well. Everyone should go check it out. Yeah, I think it really. I had to when I sat down and really thought about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I had to consider that stopping immigration is not is not the goal, right? The goal is to to take in people and adapt to them to our unique culture, right? So right, really, I'm really glad you came around. I did. This, I came you know? around. I am now pro immigration. As long as we can, I'm, like, I never thought I'd see the day. I, yeah, as long as we can properly, but only only to the point. I mean, I think we could take in as many people as as we want. As long as we can get them to properly adapt to our unique way of life, and you know, how, whatever that number is, beautiful. That's how, that's how many people we should have. I had to really Every, once it went on paper. Everyone should go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone should go read John's article on rvopodcast.com. It's very good. I, I I thought so. It's a hot. It's a hot take. I, it's a certified. It, hot it's take. an interesting take. Yeah, I I thought so. Yeah. Anyways. That this has been a good podcast. A lot of lot of lot of dense stuff. Everyone, go check out rvopodcast.com. Also, uh, I think we're everywhere you can find good podcasts. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. All right. Weekly podcast. Weekly podcast. We'll be back. <laughs>